Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Well, folks, we have Erin Gallagher here on the show today, and I cannot wait, and I love her coordinated outfits. So for those of you that are not watching on video, which is most of you, go to YouTube and check it out. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> and I love your hat. So tell us about you, Erin. Yes. And for those of you who aren't aren't seeing my dressed down attire, I'm wearing my feminist AF hat. <laughs> and a fancy sweatshirt because it's as much as I could muster up um, in the world today. So Karen, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here um, and um, very excited for the conversation. Great. So, so me, I want to hear, that yeah. tell, yeah, go for it. So I am the founder and CEO of Ella. Um, Ella is an inclusive network um, creating access for women to human and financial capital. I have found that when we think about the lack of women who are in positions of power and influence, it has never been about ability or aspiration or ambition. It's always been about access. And so we have to do a better job of creating that access so that women can even be a part of the consideration set for job opportunities and, and wealth building. So, so that's what I'm up to now. And this is my second company. My first company that I launched a few years ago um, was named one of Fast Company's world's most innovative in March of last year. It was Congratulations, the by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It was pretty wild. Um, you know, built it from um, becoming Interpublic Group, which is a global holding company, IPG's first equity investment in a majority women-owned business. They had never done it before in their 93-year history. And so grew it wow. from that over the next two and a half years to, to winning that accolade and doing really powerful, important work with companies like LinkedIn and United Airlines and McDonald's and Carhartt and others. And so, you know, this is, I'm, I guess now I can say that I'm like a multi-time founder, startup entrepreneur, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I spent 15 years in corporate before that. And so I have seen kind of all the sides. Um, and this is my first time being a solopreneur, which is just another really complex aspect of, of being a founder of a business. And for anyone who's listening, that is one, I send you all of my support and any energy I have left because we all need it. I'm the mother of two boys. I have a six and a four-year-old. They are wild um, <laughs> and a ton of fun and have an amazing husband that, that we've been married for, I think coming up on 10 years now. And so I have a really, you know, important support system that allows me to do much of the challenging, difficult work that I feel is my calling, which is really wow. to be a disruptor and to challenge systems that were not built by and for so many of us, particularly women, particularly women of color and most specifically black women. And so it is my mission to make the world more equitable and to make more money for women everywhere. Yes. Love that. Well, thinking about your story, is this something that you always wanted to do? You know, not probably not this specifically. I don't think okay. that 
I didn't set out as some people set out to be a, a entrepreneur. They know mm-hmm. it. It's in them. They want to have their own company. That wasn't where my head was. I thought I was going to be a lawyer when I was, huh. you know, I went to, I went to Michigan. I was an English major, but I took a lot of poli sci classes and I took the LSAT. I really thought that that was going to be my path. And I, and the reason I wanted to be a lawyer was to create more justice in the world, right? So the the spirit of kind of my intention has always been the same, but the the medium through which I've done it and or the profession or the career or place where I worked has changed over time and evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing about entrepreneurship in my experience is that when it does find you, like you have no choice. <laughs> and so for me, it was, you know, 2018, the electing a person who never, ever should have been, I guess it was 2016 when that actually happened, who should never have been our president. And then over the course of the next two years, just the the vitriol and specifically the misogyny that was yeah. so rampant. And so Me Too and Time's Up, like all of these things came out of the woodwork to the forefront and media cared about them for the first time. And that's really when I decided that I was working inside of the system, trying to change it and it wasn't working fast enough. So I needed to step outside of it and try to change it from the outside. And that's, that's how this course, this part of my career sort of coursed in this direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where do you, where do you get your confidence from? Man, Karen's coming with it. (laughs) Um, well, I think that, you know, I was, um, a military kid. My mom was in the Coast Guard. So we moved every two to four years my entire life. So wow. I, I had to come into spaces not only where I didn't know anyone, but I was completely unknown. And when you when you do that over and over again, you start to you know figure out who you are quite quickly because you need to be able to communicate that to others. So it required me to grow up fast hmm. and to, and to be clear about where I stood on things and who I was so that I could kind of introduce myself, present myself to these new schools and teams and spaces. So I have, although that was a challenging thing to have to navigate as a kid. And, you know, I went, it's like first through fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade, ninth and 10th grade, 11th and 12th. Those are all different cities all over wow. the country. And so you know, that was challenging. It has been, you know, a real skill that I have honed over time. And so now I can go into any room and not know anyone and be completely fine and comfortable. Um, it's also allowed me to, to connect with people and I can connect with people pretty quickly because of, you know, I, you use the word confidence. I think that's a good word. I think it's the right word. It's also just clarity. I have clarity about mm-hmm. who I am and and what I believe. And so once you have that, opinions don't matter as much. That's really powerful. Because they're they yeah. really are their opinions. So mm-hmm. like you're and I as a person who's very vocal on LinkedIn and has, you know, a, a pretty big following of 50,000 people, I get mm-hmm. a lot of feedback about what people think about what I've said. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Some of it is public and some of it is DMs because they don't want anyone to know they're saying this to a person. So I get a lot uh, of feedback and I, I, I do not spend even a second time reading something that is bullshit. I, wow. it. I just move on. And 
And Karen, that took a while. You know, I, I turned 40 last year and it, 20 years of therapy, you know, led to that moment of really just finally standing in my power and making a decision to no longer abandon myself in service to other people. And so when you, when you find that and you figure that out, it is, it is just a really powerful way forward. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's a quote right there. No longer abandon myself in service to other people. Wow. What was it like when you got, because I, there's a lot of women that would love to be in that place where the things that other people, yeah, you get it. What was it like when you got your first piece of highly critical or rude or mean feedback or whatever? I'm curious how that felt and then how you overcame that. So you mean like when I got my first piece of that feedback after I sort of was in that place? I'm kind of thinking, you know, can we do one before and after? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm curious about the transformation so, and how we how people can get there. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really important question. I think that there's no way I could remember the very first time I got critical feedback. Sure. I'm sure it was as a young girl, um, right? And And so I think it's death by a thousand cuts if you're a woman, because you are given feedback, how you look, how you walk, how you talk, what you sound like, um, what your hair looks like, uh, how you dress, you're given feedback all the time, all the time. And, you know, I, I actually talked about this recently. I said, you know, women are told that our appearance means nothing and everything. Mm. everything. And so it's, you sort of have to put on a bit of Teflon as you walk through the world. And you know that you are going to have people who are telling you what they think about you as a person and how, you know, what you have to say in the world. I, before I was in a place where I was really clear about my boundaries, I took a lot of that feedback as, um, direction Uh. and, and, advice that was, whether I liked it or it was solicited, that it was something I needed to take into consideration. And so I let a lot of people tell me who I was. Mm -hmm. I let a lot of people tell me that my experience wasn't actually what I thought it was. You know, it's, it's the definition of gaslighting where you're told, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the way it really happened. I don't think that's what they meant. I think that you're too sensitive, right? You're told all of these things. All of those messages to women in particular are don't trust yourself, right? Don't listen to your intuition. It's wrong. And so I had spent many years in, in, in my work life, but also my personal life being trauma bonded to people that I thought had my best interest in mind, but never did. Mm-hmm. And so it required my sort of exiting and of, of those relationships, personal and professional, and also my setting of boundaries to recognize how, how much that feedback over time was damaging to me and, and how wrong it was. It was just really, it was wrong and, and detrimental and also very um, manipulative. So when I, when I made this, you know, I I got really sick with COVID 
um, mm. January of last year, right before I turned 40. Oh, wow. And, um, and I had, I had had the vaccine and everything. And, but like, it just took me down because I was so burnt out. I was so mm. worn down. My immune system was like, we have nothing left to do. Like we can't help you here. And <laughs> there's, there is nothing quite like being alone in an ER room hooked up to an IV, getting two liters of fluids and them saying, are you sure you don't need to use the restroom? And I was like, I feel nothing right. To to, to sort of wake me up. It really woke me up to like, I'm not going to make a change. I haven't made a change, but my body is telling me that it's done. And so I left the company that I co-founded and that was the first step in the right direction of reclaiming my time of finding myself again, of stepping back into my own power of believing me, trusting my intuition. Mm -hmm. And and also in believing again, that my worth and my value are inherent and they are not only, they don't exist only in service to other people and in, in performance. So now when I get feedback, it depends on who it's from, whether or not I take it to heart because mm-hmm. they're people I trust who give me critical feedback that is important. And then for, for everyone else, I really recognize that it has so much more to do with them than it has to do with me. Yes. Yes. Everybody hear that line. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. And I want to hear more about the hype woman and the <laughs> origination, because of course, we all know anybody that knows you knows that that is what you are known for, among many other amazing things. And tell us what transpired a little bit more in detail there. What a wild experience. Um, it, you know, when I, when I, I write on LinkedIn all the time, mm-hmm. I use LinkedIn as a publishing flat platform. I, I think it really has become that for so many people. And um, it's no longer just a virtual resume. Right. It's a platform where you can decide who you want to hear from and pay attention to and learn from. So, so that is where I go to write when I'm thinking about something that I can't get out of my head or I'm paying like paying attention to something that's happening in culture that I think needs to be addressed. Sometimes it's really heavy stuff. Sometimes it's what people would call political. Although I think it's very interesting that anything that involves race or gender is called political. Yeah. (laughs) I think think that's really interesting, which is why, again, we've been told you can't talk about politics in the office. So I can't talk about myself. Right. 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 That's like a whole other podcast, but, (laughs) but I, so I talk about all these things and, and I saw this picture of the moment where Jamie Lee Curtis was hyping Michelle Yeoh as she won best actress at the golden globes for everything, everywhere, all at once. And her, her face, her reaction, Jamie Lee Curtis's was just like unabashed, like joy, like fierce support port. And I looked at it and I thought, God, we never see women doing this for each other. Mm. What a rare visual of a woman just hyping another woman, being so excited for her success and not seeing it as a threat. So I, I wrote this post on LinkedIn that said, this is our vibe for 2023 ladies, unabashed hype woman. This is what we're going to do for each other. When you see someone talking about a success, you are not going to go to that place that you've been conditioned to go that says, 
who does she think she is? Mm. Why did she win that award? Why does she have a podcast? What about me? Right. That's, we have been taught that our entire lives that Mm. other women are our competition and that their success detracts from ours. It is a really, really specific patriarchal plan that they had where they said, you know what, if we get them to focus on each other and take each other down while they're doing that, we will just keep going and rising. Mm. And so instead of us saying all five of us deserve to be in the C-suite of this company, we think there's one spot because there's only been one spot that we've seen held by a woman. And so when anyone else gets it, it does feel like it's our spot that was taken. We're not doing that anymore. We are complete. This is a seismic shift in the way that women view one another. And we are making a decision to not only hype other women, but also to hype ourselves, right. To, to share our own successes and know that we're going to have women that surround us and do that. So that was the post. It went viral on LinkedIn. And one of Jamie Lee Curtis's friends saw it and sent it to her. And then she posted on Instagram and then it took off from there. So um, it was just, it was completely wild. You know, it was covered in like 15 global media outlets, Huffington Post, Today Show, The Guardian, um, Upworthy, all kinds of places. Um, the day after the post went viral, I made a shirt. That kind of went wild as well. <laughs> that went wild. Jamie Curtis shared the shirt. I was like, oh girl, you got to tell me when you're going to do this stuff. I am not prepared. <laughs> so then I sent her the shirt, right? And then, and then she, she, she and I communicate now. She, we text with each other. Um, she's really supportive. I'm launching. I, I launched HypeWomen.com, and That's fantastic. So, and what I've done there is I have. This was a dream of mine, and this just kind of was a perfect way to sort of bring it to life. I've always had a dream of creating an online marketplace for women-owned businesses to just direct people to other women. And so yeah. the hype women partners, you know, that we have up there right now, that's the entire, Aww. it's, it's McBride sisters, right? The first and largest black women owned winery in the U S that has been around for 17 years. It's, um, it's farm girl flowers, right? Which is the first. Yes. I love them. Yeah. Direct to consumer flower marketplace, um, created by Christina Stemple. There's, there's tons of other amazing, um, women-owned businesses on there. So everyone should go check them out and buy from them. And, and so we did that. And then we're launching a hype women podcast in July. Jamie Lee Curtis will be our first guest. Oh, that's um, amazing. Other incredible women like Soledad O'Brien um, and women just from every kind of industry at every level, um, founders yeah. to corporate C-suite. And, and so it continues, right? I mean, this was, yeah. this was January and here we are in um, April and Every day, people are still using the hashtag hype women when they are posting about something and they want to draw attention to the work that another woman is doing, or they want people to pay attention to the work that they themselves are doing. So we will keep this going. This will, this, this mantra is a new way of thinking and a new way of working. And I think for a lot of women, what I really appreciated was it was permission to also like forgive themselves for having those those thoughts and feelings uh, and to say, it's not your fault. It's conditioning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is like, this is my number one sort of 
um, piece of advice when people are trying to sort of change behavior. Yeah. You can't shame yourself into changing your behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's just, it's not, it's not productive. And so instead recognize that when you've been conditioned to think something, it's going to be in there for a really long time. So when you think it, the first response, like here's the example, someone posts that they've won, you know, ink, female founder 100. Now, Karen, I applied and I did not win. I mean, it, I had no business applying. My company was four months old when I, when I did it. And like, these are amazing, amazing women, but you also miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So, I was going to say, so I see all the, right. You, but you got, you got to You got to like, you got to throw your hat in the ring. So yes. the, the female ink 100 comes out an older version of me would have been jealous and a little bit angry. And I would have probably said, how did that woman get it? And I didn't get it. But the hype women movement is about potentially still having that feeling and going, of course, that's what I'm thinking. Of course, that's, I, yeah. I've been told my whole life to think that, but I'm going to make a different decision. And instead then going and reaching out to those women and congratulating them and then posting about them. The feeling that that you get from like that 180 degree shift from that either jealousy or envy to support and solidarity, it is like it's freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So good. I love it. Well, what's next for you? Oh, Karen, I can't talk about that yet. Oh. <laughs> Can you give us, can you give us a snippet? Yes. Here's the snippet. There is, there is something, there is something happening right now that I have been thinking about for years. Um, and, and we might just be making it happen in, in a way that is going to have the most impact. So again, why I created Ella, the work that I've set out to do, what I've been wanting to do is twofold to help women build generational wealth and to accelerate women into positions of power and influence. We're doing both of those things with the fairway dinners and with, with Ella and all the, all of the work that we do, but I have, the missing thing for me has been more of that access to those roles that are available, those rooms where they need to have more women in those spaces. And so being able to have a role or a partnership that would allow me to tap this network that I've created and then this community that we've created and to start to bring those women in. I mean, that's the dream. If we have more women in leadership making yes. more money, that to me is the solve for almost every single issue that we have. Mm-hmm. So, so there's something that I hope to be solidifying and being able to announce in the next few months. Um, so that's, that's the kind of thing that is coming up, but, but what's next for me is a fairway dinner tomorrow in Chicago. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Tell us dinner. about, tell us about fairway a little bit more. Cause I know that it's a great, incredible resource for people. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing. We we've in over the course of four months, we've hosted 10 dinners. Um, and so the, the idea for the fairway came from, this notion of um, the golf course, you know, I, mm. I thought about this a lot and I, I would just kind of look at the business that was being done there and this entire ecosystem, you know, there, 
for more than 300 years, straight white men have been doing business on the golf course. Yeah. And, and women and particularly women of color have not been invited. And if we dare to show up, we're not included. The conversation changes, right? So even if like, you know, there's a Wall Street Journal article that published um, the, the research findings of two men from Johns Hopkins. And the headline was, guess what? Business is being done on the golf course. So ladies, you better go. I saw that. And I mean, you have to imagine that like 600 people sent it to me and you're like, are you respond to this? And I'm like, listen, I said, let me be super clear. I have no problem with golf and I have no problem with straight white men. My problem is with entire ecosystems that are built by and for one type of person and exclude everyone else. Mm -hmm. so that's the issue that I was hoping to address with the fairway. We are not going to go play golf. It's just not going to be the choice for so many of us. And it's the way that it is set up where most of it's mostly men that are doing this for business. I mean, they have, it's incredible that they pulled this off that that we have decided and accepted as a culture that golf is a business activity, right? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and, and that it is paid Preach. for right? companies Preach. time and dime. Like it is, it's incredible. Like it is incredible. Can you imagine if we were like, um, hi, no, Manny Petty's is a business activity. And just women were just <laughs> Manny Petty's all the time, right? We're sitting there, we're talking about our investments. Like it's incredible. So so what we're doing with the fairway is it's the same spirit, meaning we are going to talk about money. We are going to talk about business. We are going to give each other access to opportunities, to our networks. We're going to be doing the same thing. We're going to build wealth together in the way that these men have been building wealth on the golf course. And again, with the hype women sort of spirit, we are going to see that as a growth opportunity not a, and not have a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. So over the course of four months, 10 dinners in five markets. We've Chicago, New York, LA, DC, San Francisco. We have many women in other places where we need to get, and we are trying, but it is just me. Um, oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. That's right. And I, again, I have a six and a four-year-old. So, yeah. uh, and they were five and three when I launched. And then when I launched my first company, they were two and seven months. So, my so gosh. What the, with these dinners for 200 women, we have created more than 4,000 curated connections for them. And it has led to an increase in wealth by $5.2 million. Wow. The unfunded bootstrapped. That is how much wealth has been gained by these women from the job opportunities that they got coming out of the fairway the rooms they were able to get into to get meetings with people that they never would have been able to get meetings with the human capital that was shared where people shared you're paying what you're you're charging what your your bonus was what no and we all talk about it mm. and we've been talking about it for centuries and it is changing it is changing women's wealth and so that's what we are doing. It's what we will continue to do. Um, we do Chicago every month. We do New York every other month. And then the, those other markets, we will be announcing us coming back to them. But from that, we started a membership and an app that allowed women to stay connected and to continue to make their asks, you know, what do you mm -hmm. need? Mm -hmm. And then, and then if you can't help that person directly, is there someone that you can direct them to that can, how mm -hmm. do we, you sort of create that web of influence. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, in the spirit of that, 
What do you need? <sighs> I think that what gives me the most joy is, is seeing women sort of find that power in themselves again and to stand up for themselves. It's not always easy to do. And I also, I recognize as a straight white cisgendered woman that I have the most privilege of any person on the planet, except for a straight white man. So I better damn well use my privilege. Um, I have a responsibility to challenge the systems and to say things that a lot of people can't say because they are inside of an organization that doesn't allow them to speak up about that, or they're just in an unsafe situation psychologically or physically. And so I think, you know, the fairway has been a real um, safe haven for, for people and a psychologically safe space to, to share and to connect. And so I invite anyone who is needing that to, to join us. Um, but also just to, to continue to tell the truth, you know, truth to speaking truth to power is our strongest weapon against all of the challenges that we're facing right now. And, and we are, we are stronger together. And so, you know, remembering that, that you have a community of women who has your back. Yeah. I love it. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you yet that you want me to ask or that you want to share? Hmm. I mean, it's sort of like, yes and no, we could go on forever. Right. <laughs> there isn't anything like really pressing. I think, um, the only other thing that I'll share really fast that has been a big question was what did I do when I went to the white house a few weeks ago? Oh, I was asked to come there. And so to the degree that I can share, what I will say is, um, you know, I am supporting and helping the, this director or the assistant director of cyber with the workforce strategy. And what I really appreciated about them was the acknowledgement and the recognition that they have institutional knowledge as members of the white house, members of the government, um, that help them to write these types of policies and strategies. And they also have a ton of blind spots because of that. Right. So they, they knew they needed to bring in people. And they recognize the that. They did. They did. So that's incredible. That was such a um a heartening thing, right? To even get the ask, the request to come, um, mm -hmm. based on the fact that they knew they needed people that were outside of their organization. So I can't wait um to to share all the work when it is ready to be published. Um, but it's I think, you know, we all the roles that we play look different. And some of the things that we are doing are really small. And some of the things that we are doing are really big, but they all matter. And so mm -hmm. I think it's so important to not compare yourself to others when you think about the impact that you're having and just do what yeah. you are able to do every single day. Yes. Beautiful. Well, where can people reach you? LinkedIn's the easiest place to reach me. Um, find me there, follow me and, and DM me. I, I see them all. I, I respond to everything that I can. Um, and then, <laughs> and then if you want to, you can send me an email to Aaron at LFForAll.com. But those are, that's probably the best place. That's where I spend the most online time is online. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Aaron. It's been wonderful to hear from you. Thank you for having me, Karen. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. 